welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome, and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with your business coach, Mac Atram, and today you are in for a treat. Why? Because today I get to have a conversation with a lady by the name of Beata Celetti. Celetti, I think I've announced her name right, but I want to say this. This lady came from broke, struggling, in debt, over $135,000 in debt, similar story to mine, and then later sold her business to Bill Gates. Yes, Bill Gates of Microsoft for millions of dollars. I want to hear all about that. We're going to have this conversation around entrepreneurialism. We're going to talk about creating great services. We're going to talk about workflow. We're going to talk about frameworks. We're going to talk about systems to help you to create the kind of business that you really, really desire and deserve. So Bieta, welcome to the Business Success Show. I am very, very excited to be here. And now with this introduction, I mean, game is on. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen, Bieta. Bieta. Let's get straight into it here. You know, um, you are based in Los Angeles now, and you've been there for many years. I think uh, more than 30 years now, and I think you've been in Los Angeles, but originally from Germany, right? Yes, that's correct. I'm a, I'm a first-generation immigrant. All right. Tell us about your entrepreneurial journey then. You know, from Germany to LA, how did you, you know, some often when people go to a new city, not you, to a new country, no, not you, to a new continent, and they know nobody. How did you just make it happen? Well, tell us the journey. Tell us the story. The journey really is the journey I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, can relate to, and that's the unruly person, the sense, the deep sense that you just don't fit in. And mm. being from Germany, you you know uh, probably you know very well, and our European listeners do that Europe has a tendency to, while it is beautiful and has these traditions and it's established and yet there are things the way they're done and always have been done. Mm. So there is inherent in tradition is a certain set of limitations where you sometimes, especially if you have this more free spirit, push against the, the limitations and those are the people that always say, but why? Well, because it's always been done that way. But why? Well, because in order to do that, you have to do X and X and X. But why? And so I I had a lot of these encounters where I took an aptitude test when I was 16. I wasn't in the smart school. I was in the middle school. And the aptitude test just goes through pages of pages of questions of what are you good at? What do you like to do? Do you like being outside? Do you are you afraid of heights? Do you mind carrying, you know, carrying stuff? And I'm like, no, I love being outside. It's all beautiful. It's all good. And at the end of this aptitude test, it says I should be a roofer. A roofer? A roofer. Yeah, yeah, you did hear that okay. right. I was waiting okay. for that. <laughs> okay. 
And, uh, and, and not that there's anything wrong with roofing. And for anybody who's on the uh, on the show and listening and is a roofer, I mean, God bless you. Uh, Absolutely. But that that was not my calling. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I continued this conversation and I and she said asked me what I wanted to do, which were all kind of creative things, jewelry designer, textile designer, photographer. She kept coming up with the same answer saying, no, 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 no. There are no apprenticeships. There are not enough jobs why don't you become the secretary? And I'm like, I don't want to be a secretary. I want to be the boss. So <laughs> Good, I love that. <laughs> so so that's really how it started is this very early recognition, Mac, that what other people do or what works for others clearly wasn't going to work for me. And I think this is sort of a lot of times in our lives, a juncture where people take the road of where they relent to the pressure and say, fine, you know, I'm going to take a corporate job. I'm going to just terrorize myself for the next uh, 40 years with something that I absolutely hate doing because everybody tells me to do that Mm. or where this entrepreneurial spirit comes to and says, absolutely not. So that's how I started. And so I became a photographer anyway, the youngest to ever be in the Institute of uh, Photo Design in Munich. And I graduated, became a photographer, realized very early on that I like creativity and I love crazy people and I love non-conforming people. I love people with with wild ideas. They go like, but what if we would? And I'm like, oh, man, that's so good. Just let's see where we go with that. And so I love that. But I was not as good as the creative part as they were. So I have talents, but my talents were more in the understanding of how do we need to make a creative business work with the business behind. And I realized even more quickly that creatives do not know how to run a business uh, for, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing. I mean, there are some that really do, yeah. but most Mac just really don't. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that. Yeah. I hear that. And you know, often it's because of the way our brains are wired. Some people are more, right-brained in terms of the brain hemisphere and some people are more left brain and some people are neutral um so there's nothing wrong with that at all like you said but yeah go ahead yes and so so now with this knowledge i went into the business side of photography i became a photo editor at a, a hip magazine that was comparable to arena uh, blitz id you all know right. back in the day so we okay. we did the german equivalent of that and then I was uh, appointed as photo editor of Elle magazine in Germany. And I will tell you that very little in my life bored me as much as that. Because oh, really? I, yeah, I, I found the fashion industry very, a very tough business to be in. Um, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, very insecure people. So mm. anyway, so I, I decided that it was time for me to do something that I needed to have a lot of courage to do that I was always afraid to do. And so I decided I was going to immigrate uh, to the United States, but I, you know, didn't say I was going to immigrate. I said I was going to do a year abroad and, uh, you know, just to get off this craziness of fashion. So I ended up in Key West in Florida, okay. lived on a houseboat as a nanny for a couple of months and then moved to Los Angeles. And that's how my my life here began. And my life here is kind of like what you what you hope it would be in the beginning. You meet a great guy, you get married, you're pregnant, you have a baby. And then you realize some some's not adding up here, and I ended up marrying a pathological liar and an alcoholic. Oh no! And and uh, by the time I figured it out, I already had given birth, and and things started to really go down the drain. And 
there was a massive recession in Los Angeles. I got laid off. I had a small child. I was going through a divorce and uh, there was a huge earthquake and it's like taking you and shaking you to the core. And it's like, you know, if I die today, what would I have done differently? And I'm like, oh. I, I cannot live like this. I have to, I have to do something different. And that's how I began as a single mom immigrant to start to build my business because, you know, I was laid off at the same time. And so I had to figure out how in the world am I going to run a business? How do I become an entrepreneur? And that's when the decade of bad luck started, Mac. A decade of bad luck. So just 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 quickly, Bieta, uh, what business did you start at that point? You know, your husband's the way it is. You've had a young child. Things have changed. You're in a new country. You're married, young family. You started a business. Economically, things are not going well. You've got an earthquake. Anything that can be bad. Just So what business were you in? So I had started to represent photographers and uh, do production, uh, still photography production. So I had clients from all over the world, including the UK, who flew to Los Angeles and I was producing their advertisements and their catalog shoots and um, their collateral pieces for their um, for their fashion or their ads. I worked with Mercedes-Benz, Levi Strauss, uh, Homeboy, New Yorker. So quite a quite a few international brands, and I had kind of like become the go-to hip, cool, uh, a young producer here in Los Angeles that wow. knew all the all the cool cool location, and you know, and so the way it sometimes go, you know, we talking we talking real here about entrepreneurship. So what happens is that you think you got something figured out, and then something happens. And so for me, it was fires, floods, riots, earthquakes, September 11th, a lawsuit, yeah. uh, a, a tsunami. So every time I felt I had uh, just advanced a little bit, then it was like somebody came with a big fat frying pan and, and whacked me over the head and said, no, you, you're going right back to the beginning. So, you know, I, I built my business up to a certain level and then something would happen and I'd fall back and I had to start all over again. And then... I'd build myself up again. And then I had a photographer making a lot of money. And then this photographer left. And wow. then, you know, he violated his contract and he says, well, let's see if you can sue me for the money I owe you because I know you don't have any money because now I'm leaving. And so I'm your biggest earner. So, wow. you know, things like that, where, where you really have this, this, um, where your gallbladder gets a little yeah. overactive uh, yeah. and you have a gagging reflex, you go like people actually are like this. Yes, they are. And then there comes sort of this point where, you know, it's it's just brutal. I have this employee and I fired her and I find out I fired her too late. She has gotten too close to a key vendor. They had decided they were going to run a business, which was my business without me. And wow. next thing I know, because I didn't know any better, Mac, I'm in a lawsuit. Yeah. I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting. I'm going deep, 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 deep into debt because I'm fighting a lawsuit. And... As I am thinking that production season is kicking in and, you know, and I have all these great clients on the books again, September 11th comes oh, and, wow. in one, and in one day is over. Like literally Mac in 24 hours, it was over. There was not, not anybody in their right mind who would go on a plane right. after that right. day for the next what year right. to fly overseas to produce in Los Angeles. And we were even further away than, 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 than New, New York. York. Yeah. And uh, and and then here I am. So now I am 
in debt in the middle of a lawsuit. My my only hope just just got destroyed. And I'm sitting there and I bet I'd be coming up with a game plan. And so what did you do? I mean, look, <laughs> listen. Most entrepreneurs would have stopped about five minutes ago and said, Oh my goodness, I better go and get a corporate job somewhere. But you kept going on. There's something inside of you, some fire inside of you that says, I will not be boxed. It doesn't matter if you cheat on my business, take my business, September 11th, all these things, I'm going to continue. What is that thing inside of you that keeps you going? I think that, you know, I, I coined the phrase, I will not drown in a puddle. All right. It's, it's a puddle. So you've seen it differently, right? It's not, it's not worth it. Like if you go down, you better be going down in an ocean in the middle of like, you know, the storm of the century. Mm. At least, at least that way you can say, you know, now, now that was a storm. But you have to detach yourself from the judgment of the experience. And, and I trained myself, and I think this is really important, Mac, to point out, because everybody has adversity and everybody's struggling with these things and says, man, why is this always happening to me? I, I, you know, what did I ever do to, to deserve that I get cheated, lied to, the vendor leaves me, they're raising their prices, they changed their contract, they're not paying me, they went bankrupt. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong. Right. You can't take it personal. And number two, you have to really train yourself to say, I don't have the luxury to loop. I don't have the luxury to loop around my misfortune because energetically what happens when you do is you create more of it because you are obsessing over over the negative. And as you keep thinking about the negative, more negative is going to come because that, you know, and I think that was the mindset battle that I was in right. where I I had this 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 paradox of I know I can. I know I know what I'm doing. I know, I know, I knew in my heart, I, I knew how to do this. And then there's these external forces that always pushing against it and saying, but are you sure? Right. But, but are you sure now? Well, right. what about now? Are you still sure? Hey, what about now? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to give you one more. What about now? And right. so now the lawsuit settles. I walk out with zero but I have no business. I'm starting again. And now I'm going in debt again. And for some reason, it's always this $130,000, $135,000 number. So uh -huh. I'm, 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 I'm working with some of the most prolific interior and architectural photographers in the world. I'm building up a stock photography licensing business. And it's going great. The only problem is I have no money. And I, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to build this business as fast as I can. And... Uh, I think I'm getting the game over because I'm I'm out of cash. I'm having to borrow money to pay interest on borrowed money, which is the death spiral of finance. Absolutely. Absolutely. What did you do? What happened then? <laughs> and then I, I flew to Europe for an industry conference, met my dad. My dad has a stroke. My dad didn't have a stroke. Mac, my dad had pancreatic cancer. Oh, wow. And my best friend, number one supporter and, and, and cheerleader in chief uh, passed away six weeks later. And so while we are in Germany, in Nether Bavaria, in this picturesque town on top of this gorgeous little hill with a Baroque church overlooking the whole valley. And we put my dad in the ground and and I'm standing there. My phone rings <laughs> and it's my office from Los Angeles. And they said, we've just been served a notice and I'm losing the house. Oh my goodness. Oh my okay. Goodness. 
so 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 this was sort of the turning point in my life mac uh, and i think rightfully so where i fell to my knees i raised my fist against god and i yelled at him and i said you know what if you have a plan um this is really not okay um mm. this this would be an excellent time to fill me in but i knew in my heart that i had done everything i possibly could i had put it all on the line there was nothing else to give nothing else to do i had exhausted every avenue i had taken every trip you know and yet here i was and i surrendered and as they sometimes say you have to let god and mm. and i said you know now now i'm not drowning in the puddle now at least i'm drowning in the ocean because at this point everybody would go you know what beata uh yeah you know totally understandable i mean you know at, at no fault of your own yeah you know extenuating circumstances i go back to los angeles now what i didn't tell you mac is i had written in my absolute desperation a letter to the president of the united states true story okay yeah because why wouldn't you yeah yeah who's that clinton at the time no there was bush george w bush bush, bush at the time all right yeah so and i wrote this letter because my former mother in law just would not shut up about it i mean she she'd go like he's your president if anybody can help you as the president why don't yeah. you write a, write a letter to the president and at some point you go oh my god i mean i'm writing that letter just so you and i don't ever have to talk about this again so i right. write a letter to the president best thing i've ever done because when i come back from germany <laughs> I get a letter from the White House. <laughs> really? Oh my goodness. Okay. I can see some light at the end of the tunnel here. Go for it. <laughs> I know the sun the sun is rising at last. Um and it put me in touch with the deputy chief director. They helped me to restructure the business plan, you know, and and work on the financials. Found me a bank to underwrite my now $135,000 in debt in a 10-year fixed loan. And then I was able to free up my line of credit which was $45,000 and I was break even three months later okay then it was three months Mac that okay. was the difference between bankruptcy and break even three, three months. months this is how close it was wow and then 18 months later I'm the world leader in my category celebrity homes architectural and interior photography and that's attracted a Bill Gates company that wanted to expand one of their divisions. They asked me if I could tell them how I do it. And I absolutely irrevocably said, no, if you uh -huh. want it, you need to buy it. They asked me how much I wanted. I said, I wanted a couple million. And they said, fine. And that's how they bought my business. So oh, wow. I became a self-made multimillionaire with having sold my business to Bill Gates 18 months after the worst moment of my life. My goodness, you know, like, three inches from gold, where most people would have given up digging, you held on, held on, held on, surrendered to God and say, look, if you've got a plan, this is the time to <laughs> help me out and, and, and let me in, do something. You had the courage to write to the president of the USA. With that came a climax of things which led for you to be financially helped, got some business help, and then was able to later on sell that business for two, two million to, um, to one of the Bill Gates Corporation. Well done, congratulations. Now, I know this story, I know you told this story intentionally, and I, it's important that everybody understands, and you said it yourself, Bieta, that 
you know, you don't sit in adversity forever. Adversity will come to any entrepreneur, anyone who puts their neck out there and does something different, adversity will come. But it's a case of now riding that adversity and finding a way, finding a way and never giving up. I love that. Now, nowadays you help other people um, through your growth um, program. What is it called? Growth Accelerator, I think, is it? Growth Architect. Growth Architect. Tell us about that and how you help other people to really ride their way through the challenges, the obstacles, the roadblocks to creating what it is they really want to create. Yes, and I want to add just a little bit to what you just said because you nailed it, is that uh, the sitting in adversity, you need to look at like being pregnant. And so there comes a point where, you know, you're nine months pregnant and your body is about to explode. You couldn't be any more uncomfortable. You're in pain. Uh, now your water breaks, you know, the labor starts. It's the worst pain you've ever experienced in, in your life. You don't say, you know what? I'm really not up for this right now. I'm just going to, I'm just going <laughs> to remain pregnant. It's no just not it's just no not possible. Absolutely. So you have to look at you have to look at this the same way that there comes a point where you have to give birth and where you have to push out whatever that is. And because there are great moments in it in a pregnancy and some people have a terrible time being pregnant, but there comes a point where you have to give birth and where you have to let this this thing out and you have to trust that your body can handle that. And so I want to really make sure that we're driving this point home, Mac. Because a lot of people, especially right now, are having such a hard time. Yeah. And uh, to look at this as these are your stretch marks, wear them proudly because you mm -hmm. will be giving birth and, and don't give up three inches before the goal. Yes. So I I took I took what I learned and then I looked in the market and I said, well, first of all, it's not really normal that one person has to go through so many different disasters. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I know people have gone through adversity. I think I'm 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 pretty pretty high up in the number yeah. of big things that 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 I had to overcome. However, I feel that out of this came the purpose that I'm really here for. One is to be able to tell the story. That yeah. means you have to live the story. You have to have the success to talk about that you have a right to tell the story, which by the way a lot of people don't. Mm. Uh they they take a course and they think that gives them the story. God bless them if that works for them. But I believe that we want to listen to people who actually have done, done the hard work because they can tell you what the path is like because they've actually walked it. Absolutely. And so that's my mission now with a growth architect is to help people understand um, the foundation you need to build. That's why I call it growth architecture. How do you build that foundation? How do you make it solid? How do you build the systems? How do you build the workflow? How do you build the client attraction system? How do you how do you flush out the idea? How, who do you know is your ideal client? So that when you build the business, you build it methodically and in chronological order of the actual steps you need to take. Uh, and I because I've done it, you know, multiple times, and I've, I kept losing, you know, yeah. pieces of my business until I finally had to figure it out. I, I can give shortcuts and help people to really scale their impact and grow their authority. Awesome. You know, on that note, what is it or how can someone grow their authority and stand out as an expert in their particular industry or niche? 
So I'm going to give you an example. So, you know, you are a podcast host. Yeah. So because you are doing a podcast, there is an assumption that you're using the podcast to build your authority as an expert in your industry. So now what I have found is that a lot of people that because I do a lot of interviews, a lot of podcast hosts don't even have a product or service to sell. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that's not you, but you'll be surprised how many of our colleagues uh, then go like, yeah, they love me and and my ratings are good. But and I say, what are you selling? And they say, I don't have a product or a service. And I'm like, that's concerning. Uh, So so now looking at that, of course, now I have a program if somebody doesn't have a product or a service or it's not flushed out, now we've designed a five-week program where I can take somebody very quickly in only five weeks through building products and services that are going to hit the mark and that that they can offer and sell. Then I found that uh, people create content either through podcast hosting, podcast guesting, or they do some other things that get them out and they don't maximize their content. So now I've developed this mastermind program for a podcaster where I then teach him how to monetize the podcast Mm. with a LinkedIn strategy, how to get instant authority on Instagram and how to implement these workflows because that's what I do. I'm a strategist. So I love workflows. We have workflows for everything. So we give them the actual workflows on how to maximize the content, how to run the lead generation, how to how to build expert status because it is a series of repetitive tasks. And then we found that a lot of people don't have an assistant and they try to do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they find an assistant, Mac, that they hope has a system. Assistants don't have systems. Assistants come what to you to, told. Yeah. <laughs> to do what they're told, right? Yeah. So if you don't have a system, that's not going to work. So we teach the VA or the assistant how to do it Hmm. and if the if the client doesn't have a va we can give them one who's trained in our system along with the workflows so they're ready to go from day one so these are some of the things that we've been working on now um there's three categories people come to me for they either don't have a system Mm -hmm. they don't have a strategy or they don't know how to build their authority and and those are the three pieces we really focus on excellent i love that i love that you know uh, you've been sharing some great nuggets here. You shared a great story. You help people to really become an authority in their space as well, or to design the life that they really, really desire and love and want. Um, I'm going to come back to you in a moment and um, just for some few last... Actually, before I do that, what are if someone wants to get hold of you, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, yeah. Yes. So we actually have a quiz and the quiz is going to answer the question, what's your number one business blocker? So you can go to growthblockerquiz.com and take the quiz. And uh, then you'll find out in a couple of minutes on what your what what your what your blocker is. And you can go and find me anywhere on social media. My website's beatechillette.com, which will be in the show notes. Um, I always like to hear from our audience while we're at it. I'm going to ask your listeners to please leave you, Mac, a five-star review and to make sure that they subscribe to your podcast because it is a labor of love. Nobody gives you a weekly paycheck to do this and make sure you return the love that Mac so generously gives to you as well. 
Beata said it because I was going to come back to uh, uh, do right that. She said, look, subscribe, follow, make sure you do that. And we can bring you some awesome, other awesome experts like Beata right now. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for um, being here. And leave a message, leave a comment so we know what you thought about this particular show. Beata, any last words to any budding entrepreneurs or any experienced entrepreneurs waiting and looking forward to scale or grow to their next level? What would you say? I think the biggest advice I give is don't take failure personal. Look at failure as a nice uh, person with a big stop sign pointing at it, telling you that the road that you had planned to take is now a cul-de-sac. You would not throw yourself on the ground, throw a temper tantrum and cry bitter tears that now there's been construction for this new bridge. You just go, oh, okay, thanks, dude, for letting me know. I can turn around and find another way. So you need to look at failure the exact same way. It's somebody with a stop sign telling you, please don't go this way. Oh, lovely. I mean, you've got so many stories, so many analogies, so many metaphors. People will get it. So Beata, I want to say thank you very much for joining us here on the Business Success Show. Keep transforming lives. Keep helping people like the way you do. Until we speak again, thank you, thank you, thank you again for being on this show. Thank you so much for having me. You're most welcome. Speak to you until next time. Bye for now.